You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians and we talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Did you see that yesterday? Did you see Devastation on the Nation announce their full tour dates? I'm so proud that Vox and Hops is an official sponsor of this year's Devastation on the Nation featuring Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Wolfheart, Abigail Williams, and Imperial Triumphant. Back in 2017, Cryptopsy headlined Devastation on the Nation and was one of the sickest tours that I've ever been a part of. So I'm extremely humbled and proud to be one of the official sponsors of Devastation on the Nation 2020. As I mentioned, the full tour dates were announced yesterday. This whole tour starts on March 19th. And it runs till April 19th, one full month of amazing fucking metal bands running through North America. Here it is. They're going to hit Berkeley, California, Portland, Oregon, Vancouver, BC, Seattle, Washington, Salt Lake City, Utah, Denver, Colorado, Kansas City, Missouri, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Chicago, Illinois, Detroit, Michigan, Toronto, Ontario, Montreal, Quebec, Quebec City, Quebec, Brooklyn, New York, Manchester, New Hampshire, College Park in Maryland, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Lexington, Kentucky, Asheville, North Carolina, Birmingham, Alabama, Tampa, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, Houston, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, Austin, Texas, El Paso, Texas, Mesa, Arizona, San Diego, California, and then it all ends in Los Angeles, California. This is such a sick, sick tour, such an amazing lineup. You guys should definitely, definitely make it out to one of these shows. It's going to be unbelievable, an experience that you do not want to miss. You got the Greek black metal titans, Rotting Christ, that are headlining this sucker. With support from Borknagar, who are embarking on their first North American tour since 1999. Now, you know, that's 20 years that they haven't been in North America. You got to see these guys. The Finnish melodic death metal masters, Wolfheart, are there. We got Abigail Williams, who just dropped that amazing new album. That was Vox and Hops' album of the week last week. And the new blackened avant-garde metal band Imperial Triumphant, which is something that you absolutely want to see. Make sure you check this tour out. It's going to be amazing. Now, don't start complaining, saying that this tour is not coming to your town. There's a lot of work that goes into planning a tour as extensive as this. A lot more work than you can imagine. When I'm on tour with Cryptopsy... And we tour the States, we tend to drive 10, sometimes 12 hours a night so that we can come and play in your city. Instead of being upset that this tour's not coming to your town, now is the time that you round up your metalhead brothers, your metalhead sisters, and you plan a road trip to come to Devastation on the Nation 2020. Because this is an event that you absolutely want to be a part of. You do not want to miss this. You can all go and buy your tickets right now at www metalfestivaltours.com you should absolutely grab your tickets in advance these suckers are going to sell out and then you're not going to be a part of the party today on the podcast is a conversation with one of my favorite people to tour with the great the funny sam yates the guitarist of ingested here it is vox and hops episode number 91 i warn you what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Sam Yates, the guitarist and grunter from Ingested. And we are at Le Saint-Buc Brasserie Artisanale on Saint-Denis Street in Montreal. 
So happy to be back with you. Thank you very much, dude. It's a pleasure. We toured together twice. Yep, correct. The first time together, we didn't have much time to spend together because we were both exhausted. We were both exhausted and uh, we were on a very short run and it was a nice introduction. The second time around, we spent more time together and I feel like we hit it off. Yeah, of course, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed you. And when I saw you were coming, I knew you actually announced to me that this tour was happening back then, and I was excited yeah. about that. I saw you were coming to Montreal. I was like, yes, I'm going to get Sam and to have yep. him on Vox and Hops, to be the third boy from Ingested on Vox and Hops. It is an honor and a privilege, sir, I must admit. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, dude. I'm, it's very unexpected. No one ever wants to fucking hear what I've got to say. So You do a lot of interesting things, so I want to talk about those. Let's start okay. with the soundtrack of your youth. You're growing up in your house. What music was playing? Well, um, from a super early age, my uh, parents were both into like rock music anyway. And like um, my my mum's always been into stuff like Nirvana and Foo Fighters and, and cool shit like that. And my dad was like a really big Gary Newman fan, which is like kind of, you know, weird electronic stuff. But he sort of like um, as as the 90s happened and more people were doing more like remixes of that sort of stuff and people were like Nine Inch Nails were always saying Gary Newman Gary Newman he kind of reversed way got back into stuff like Nine Inch Nails and uh, industrial music and like goth metal and lots of other different things so uh, I have had pretty cool parents growing up and they were into pretty cool music so I had a good start you know that's an excellent excellent introduction into you know more extreme music yeah if you're starting from there it's not so much of a leap no exactly what would have been that first big band extreme music that you remember that shocked you oh well I think it was a really gradual progression so I I started off with stuff like um, I didn't really know that I was listening to like alternative music like I think one day I was in school and I like my teacher was asking everybody what their favorite pop that was and all this and I was like Marilyn Madsen and then she was like okay maybe I need to uh, we're gonna talk to your parents (laughs) Um, I feel a parents evening coming on let's uh let's do that but but yeah I mean like I didn't really know what I was listening to was alternative until I got into high school really and then um, I don't know I kind of got into like softer bands maybe than like my parents listened to like Korn and by this point pretty much and uh, and then I kind of started to find bands on my own and I was like Linkin Park and I mean they were huge when I was in high school when I first started high school and then like I quickly realized that all the stuff that I liked out of all these popular sort of new metal wave bands was um it's all the heavier stuff, so I naturally just went heavier and heavier. Rage Against Machine, I was playing Tony Hawk's, all that stuff. And, um, you know, trying to get into the sort of, like, skatery. I was just sort of Did you skate? That. Yeah, both me and my other guitarist, Sean, both no skateboarded. Way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He was a lot better than me. He is still. We sometimes break one out. He's still better than I am now. Um, but we used to skate together. That's how we met me and Sean so and then we he kind of was into a bit more heavier stuff than I was but I'd also sort of got into things like Miss Sugar maybe about that but I think Miss Sugar was probably the the first like heavy like beyond Slayer sort of like an extreme metal band they were I, what I would consider my first extreme metal band was probably Miss Sugar 
Yeah, probably sugar. At what point did you put the skateboard away and take out a guitar? At, at the same time, really. It's about at the same time. Originally, I wanted to play drums, uh, but my mum didn't want a fucking drum kit in the house, which is fair enough. And um, I've, I would have just sucked at drums anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> my... Uh, my grandma said, oh, well, I'll buy him an acoustic guitar. And I was like, had this big Nirvana songbook and I was just learning chords and Nirvana, just stuff like that. Taught myself a couple of things here and there. And I just got like in school guitar lessons and uh, they were at, they weren't like nothing too fancy. I wasn't going to like private lessons. And I don't know, I just kind of always wanted to write music. I think that was where my passion always lay with playing guitar in general. I never wanted to learn anyone else's songs. Like I just wanted to write, I write, write, write. So immediately when you picked, you started, you went and learned some chords, and then you just threw it all out the window. Yeah, to exactly. To start experimenting yeah. exactly, your own yeah. tunes. Oh, I used to sit in my room just on my own and just like I had a, like a, a multi-effects pedal. I used to just go through the pedal and just play things. And I was always interested in like always interested in writing. I don't know why. I just super was like I what it was all good playing the songs of the people that I enjoyed the music of but I just wanted to I've always wanted to write music pretty much what would be that first concert experience first concert I ever went to was Placebo and I was 12 years old it was at Academy One and um, it was great it was really great I went with my mum and my nana and my nana is fucking cool dude she's so fucking cool she's seen Slipknot <laughs> <laughs> I I, 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 how many people could say that? My nana's rad, dude. One day I caught my nana fucking listening to Opef downstairs, and I was like, I was playing like hip hop upstairs. <laughs> this is like when I was like 18 or something. Um, she, I was playing hip hop upstairs because I was going through this hip hop phase. I still love hip hop, but um, I was going through that, and then I was hearing death metal downstairs, and I was like, what? What? What's going on? So I went downstairs, and I was like, are you listening to Opeth? And she was like, yeah. And she, I was like, why? And she was like, oh, that Michael Ackerfell is so dreamy, he's so saucy. Have you seen him? So she had the hots for Michael Ackerfell. So that's why she was listening to Opeth. I was like, my name is rad, man. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. That's and so then, funny. And then my first, like, then I, the second show I ever went to, I think, was System of a Down. Dillinger Escape Plan supported. And I nev I'd never heard of him. And they were like, at the time, I think I was like... You yeah. know, like, didn't Why know what to make like it. That? Yeah, didn't really know what to make it at that point. And then um, uh, my, they, my mum and my, my nana wanted to go to festivals together, so we went to like Leeds and Reading. That was like my first festival when I was twelve. And then we went. I went to Glastonbury twice. Saw some cool shit at fucking Glastonbury. And it's just gotten more eclectic. And as I got older, I got into more extreme music. I'd say like the first death metal band that I really loved was probably Dying Fetus. I'd really tried to get into Cannibal Corpse for a while. I, something wasn't clicking for a bit, but then I started to get more and more into it and wanted to listen to it more. And then when I heard Dying Fetus, I was like, this is hard riffs. Like, these are fucking hard riffs. And then I sort of went from there to... So like listening to music for you is more of like a challenge of trying to decipher what's going on versus just appreciating it? I think when I was younger, I think I just had a bit more of a like... I didn't understand, uh, a lack of understanding, I guess. And um, that's what made me gravitate towards it, is wanting to sort of 
wow, this is so extreme. This is what well, this is so fast. This is so brutal. And, and just, the grooves. Yeah, and it, yeah, exactly. And, and me, me and me and Sean always say the same thing. It's like oh, that, <laughs> it's that fucking caveman noise that it makes you do. You know, it's like you hear a good riff and you're like ah. God. Did you start playing guitar together? You guys decided we're going to be guitarists. Because <laughs> you guys, I, I we know. We were already skateboarding by this time. You guys grew up very close to each other we, as well. We lived across the street from each other, and that's how we met. Like, so one day so I So you've known Sean since you were... A, a young... Since I was 11, I think. It's unbelievable. Like it's so and, uh, cool. He was skateboarding outside of my house, and I was out the top window, like, watching him, going like, Who's this? Who's this dickhead? <laughs> Who is he? And he's looking, he's watching me the same from his window going, fucking look at this kid. He's a mess. Look at him. Fucking hell. And then we went, we went to the and went, hey, want to skate? Yeah. And then we became friends. And, uh, and now you tour the world together. And now it's all the world together. Crazy. It's, it's a crazy life. But he's uh, he's been my best friend for a long time. Um, he's cool as fuck. And uh, yeah, we started fucking skating. It, we both got into heavy music together. He was always into a bit more heavy stuff. Then we sort of both went through death metal together. And uh, then we became elitist pricks when we were 18. Long hair. Ugh, ugh, that shit. That shit, that. Fuck that. I don't want to fucking... Ugh. <laughs> And then as we got older, <laughs> we've realized that we were beyond that. And now we're both eclectic eclectic dudes. I think all of us are quite eclectic. Which leads to, to good music when you're making it, too, because it becomes just not from one little niche. You can choose from this no, platter so. and that platter and make interesting. I, re I really hope that that's the way that it comes across in our music. I think maybe we... A bit limited sometimes. We just were delivered a delicious beer from Le Saint-Buc. It's their Oracle from 2008. Because they just had their 13th anniversary not too long ago. And this is a... So they had, they took out a bunch of age stuff Great. for the event. And this is from that. Cheers. Cheers. It's a uh, Belton Dark Ale. It's really good. It's good. Caramelly. Yeah. Smooth. Drinkable. Yeah. Clocks in at 9% ABV. Yeah, man. Fuck. Love the same buck. It's uh, really one of the best yeah. tap houses downtown. Unbeatable. I'm glad you've taken me here, dude. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Craft beer. <laughs> craft beer? Thank you so much. How about craft beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've given you the boring fucking introduction. No, no, to I'm us. not done. I'm not done with all of that either. All right, okay. Since we're drinking a beer. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? I would not say that I was a craft beer enthusiast, but I like beer a lot, so, I mean, I'm just into whatever, you know? I like... I'm, I'm picky about beers, but I wouldn't say that I was, like, the same as you or um, maybe fucking Donaldson or all of them who, like, specifically go to craft beer places to drink craft beer. Uh, I will obviously go, and I'll obviously enjoy the, fl the fruits of their labor, but... Uh, I'm not, I wouldn't say I was an enthusiast, no, but I do like it. Do you remember your first experience with alcohol? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, when I was a kid, when I was a young man, I didn't drink at all because my parents didn't drink. I went on a camping trip, and at the time, I thought like I was really cool if I like the only thing I drank was Jägermeister oh, for some reason. Oh. <laughs> like, you know, it had like a weird metal thing on it. No, yeah, exactly. It seemed like a but metal like, bottle. But like, I think everyone in my generation had this sort of time where mistake. they were. Like, yeah, this this Jägermeister <laughs> mistake. Hey, I'll just I'll still drink a Jägerbomb. 
Me too. <laughs> but it was like, oh yeah, nobody, um, nobody disturbed me. I'm drinking Jägermeister. You know. <laughs> so how did how did that camping trip go down? Uh, and then um, I was the first time I ever got drunk, and I was rolling down the hills of this field. It was very embarrassing thinking back about it, but <laughs> it was with a load of friends from college, and yeah, it w- no one was an asshole. How about your first beer? I didn't, uh, funnily enough, the day after that event, I was like, right, let's go to the pub. <laughs> so weirdly enough, I was like just instantly into it like so you're all, you're like sort of not from the norm being from the UK that you didn't grow up in pubs with your parents no, exactly, because your parents exactly, yeah. didn't a drink. lot of people do um, grow up in pubs or get taken to the pub or get uh, they eat alcohol. supper at the pub and yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah and um, a lot of 14 year olds drink on the streets exactly like but yeah. me and Sean was great skateboarding a lot at the time playing guitar uh, his mum didn't drink a lot really at the time my parents didn't drink at all then and um, yeah we were just sort of clean by proxy you know like, but then as soon as we found it together, we were like, ooh, Was Sean at that camping trip? He wasn't, no, okay. but he'd, he'd not really started drinking at that point. And then... You were the bad influence. No, I wasn't, in fact. What, it, we just kind of all did it together, weirdly enough. We met, we met Jay when we were in college uh, through a mutual friend who was our drummer at the time. And then he fucked off and became like a chav, if you know what a chav is. He became like quite chav. Now, what, uh, what like into sports and like um, is a bit of a, a like, jock. Yeah, kind of. Yes. It's the equivalent to a jock, but a bit more like. Yeah, he wasn't scummy like a chav is, but he was a, he was like a jock. Yeah, <laughs> he became a jock after years of being super into metal and being like that's his identity. And he just switched it like shaved his hair. Cr- yeah, he, exactly. Shaved all of his hair off. He started wearing Nike and then just when. But, he, but he introduced you to Jay. Yeah, but he introduced us to Jay. Jay, when we say Jay, Jay is the vocalist of Ingested. Yeah, he introduced us to Jay, and unfortunately, we've been stuck with him ever since. <laughs> uh, but I feel, I feel like he probably feels the same way about me. So. <laughs> Let's talk about the family aspect of Ingested. How do you guys stay together? So original. A lot of a lot of death metal bands can't keep it together, can't stay together, change members. What has been the secret to Ingested I don't staying know. together? I don't know if we're all so fucking idiotic that we can't no one else can deal with each other and we're like some sort of sick family unit that are dependent on each other or if (laughs) we just or if we hate everybody else too much (laughs) it might be nah I'm not like that maybe they are (laughs) or if it's because we're just so on the same page about every little detail of Ingested that we can't let anybody else touch it. We, it's, just, it's just like, it's bordering on like psychotic. This past summer, Jason couldn't be at some of the gigs. Correct. You had a replacement. How did you feel about that? I mean, having said what you just said. Don't get me wrong. The, the guy who filled in for us, Ricky from Osiah, he's a, he's a cool dude. Absolutely love the dude to death. Awesome, sick guy. But we just work better with the unit. We always have. And it's just easy. And it's just about continuity, you know. It's just as long as it all makes sense to all of us all the time. We've got our routines. And, um, yeah, I just think none of us can let it go. We're just too 
going to. Well, you guys are all in at this point. It. Yeah, we're you all in. You guys all quit, yeah. your, quit your jobs. You are doing Ingested as a full time job. job. Correct, yeah. How has that been working out? How does that feel? The money is shit, obviously. I mean, everybody knows when you start off being full-time, the money's fucking shit. Hopefully that will get better. I'm really hoping that it does for all of our sakes. We've all got a lot on the line. I just... I just... We just need it. You know, we just need it in our lives. Like, all of us... It has it given us so much, like, that it's rude. To us, it's like this thing that it's our baby, and it's rude for us to let it. It's given us so much, you know. Yeah, to not feed it. Yeah, it's to, given to its, its full potential. To neglect yeah. it, yeah, yeah. And we we all are creatively on the same. Page you want to put it in that private school? Yeah. So you'll do the extra hours. Yeah, and, yeah. Every, and and we all do, you know. And I think it shows. I think I think it shows that we've. You toured what? You did 300 dates last year? Yeah. Well, I think it was 165 last year. Still. You know, your stage show shows that you guys are a well-oiled machine. Your previous record, not the EP, but the one before it, hit billboards. Yeah, correct. Which is amazing. Yeah. I wish we'd have got maybe a little more dick-sucking because of it, but... You know what can you do? From 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 like maybe, accolades maybe, or from, yeah, or maybe from female bit. fans. <laughs> <laughs> from the former, I assure you. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, sometimes I just want some fucking recognition for the hard work that we do. We do hard, we work fucking hard. You know we work hard. You don't stop. We don't ever stop. I know how hard it is being away, being on tour, doing it all. You. you but it's all him, and yeah. we're so ahead. Yeah. We're real ahead. <laughs> but that's that's a discussion for another day. Being on tour so much, you must be a master packer. I struggle. I pack too much stuff whenever I leave and go on tour. What do you pack? How have you mastered it or have you mastered it? If we're coming to the US, we have to pack light. That's just how it is. It's fucking money. Everything's money with us, unfortunately. We've got to keep shit down to a minimum. So, me and Sean, we flew two days before this tour. We had Kempers as hand-on luggage, backpacks, a guitar boat, and a suitcase, and that was it. So you guys share a suitcase? We only put guitar equipment in suitcase. Well, where so did we you put any of your clothes for your? That's that's we what you had. Seven shirts, seven pairs of undies, seven pairs of socks, and three pairs of pants. Unbelievable! Okay. Yeah, and we got it all into a backpack each, and we still had to fucking pay money. We still had to pay excess package. So you know, really? Yeah. You love writing songs. You've liked writing songs since you started playing guitar. Correct. Take me through a typical songwriting process for Ingested. I would say that as I got older, I realized that I was maybe not as sufficient as writing songs on my own as I was with Sean. And um, he is now the chief songwriter, I would say, as far as instrumentation goes. Uh, I do contribute... Lynn, everyone contributes at some point, you know, at some le- down, level down the line, everybody contributes. But you come with riffs? Yeah, I come, I'll come with some riffs and uh, some bits and bobs, uh, changes, little tiny changes, stuff like that. Most of the time I record Sean, so I don't really, I don't appear on the albums 
anymore unless it's a difficult bit just because it's again trying to keep costs down and trying to keep things efficient and moving at the right place and uh, it's just easier that way for us so um, I'm not so bothered about it as I used to be I think I've accepted my role there was a moment that you weren't happy though yeah yeah losing that time in the studio yeah uh, the studio stresses me out, man. It really does. Like, I don't want to waste time. And I feel like he's better re- at recording than I am. And I'm better at the tech sort of side of stuff, like like doors and plugins and stuff like that. I'm better at all that sort of stuff. So we all play to our strengths. We always, all of us have always played to our strengths. Which is why you guys work so well as exactly. a unit. Exactly, yeah. And that's why we, we don't write particularly complicated music. I don't think. For death metal, we don't write particularly complicated music. We write good music. Music, catchy, I think. Catchy, catchy is good fuck, music. Yeah. And I just, um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everyone, so is the tour riffs, dude. We've always got to write the tour riffs. <laughs> that's what you had mentioned <laughs> on the previous tour that every yeah. tour there's always one riff from one song. It's not always the same song yeah. that other bands end up humming to you yeah. throughout the tour. This one on this tour, sorry, we're out with a despised icon at the moment in Kuba Khan and Shadow of Intent and Suffocation have been on it, Development have been on it, etc. So we're on tour at the moment, um, and the one's been one of Kuba Khan riffs is. Everyone's been. That's, that's that. the one. That's yeah. the one on this tour. We couldn't, you didn't, we couldn't, you couldn't win. feature you didn't on win this one. But the one you were singing, the guitarist Nolan from Kuba Khan. That's his favorite riff of the tour, so... It's a good riff. It's catchy as fuck. I'm excited to hear it tonight. Yeah. Yeah. You guys toured with everyone. What is that one band that you haven't played with that you'd love to tour with? Dying for years. I knew you were going to say that. Of course. (laughs) It hasn't happened yet? Come on, John. Yeah. If you're listening, John, go on. Go on, mate. Come on. Come on, dude. (laughs) Yeah, man. You want to be with the boys? You're also the boy. The boy. (laughs) You said boy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I am the boy, by the way. I'm available for children's parties. And, uh, You're also the guy in the band. One of your strengths is that you do graphic design. And Correct, you do yeah. a lot of the merch. I forgot that you knew this much about me, but... And you do, <laughs> and you do a lot of the merch. I do do... Uh, and you guys I, have very nice merchandise. Interesting. Yeah. Let's talk about how you come up like with these I feel like we have designs. a strong merch game, dude. Yeah. I feel like we really have a strong merch game. I, I'm really proud of what we do. I, I don't I do not do as much artistic... Um, the actual art itself as much as I would like to, but I do enough that contributes. Like, one of our, like... I, I also scout a lot of the art as well, so I'm always looking for people, always looking for new artists. Like, is this? I, I think I showed you last time that guy Abercrombie Inc. He, oh god, he is the the king. He's the one. He's great. His work is so good, dude. I, I remember. His work. I remember asking you on the aborted run, where do you find your inspiration? Yeah. So where do you, where do you find your inspiration for artwork? Yes. Well, or for your merch. Oh yeah. Pieces. And yeah. For yeah. our merch. Well, I would say it was. Um, I mean, 
Well, I'm just always looking. I'm always looking on Instagram for new artists. I'm always, you know, um, seeing what other people are doing, trying to scout out different artists. I spent a I spent a lot of time looking through people's Instagrams, to be honest. And I think that I found some pretty good jewels over the years. And I, like, I've got regular guys who would do really good work for me, like Blacken. They do. He, he does really good work for us as well. Um, and I can always. I know I can always sort of. Even if something it, it looks sick, but it has no relevance, I know I can sort of try and tweak it, make it fit. Yeah. And other times, I'm like, um, I'll I'll have ideas and I'll I'll just do them myself. Like, um, I did like a vaporwave style T-shirt on this tour. Uh, well, I've had it for a while now, but yeah, I just like looking at a lot of different things, a lot of different cool things, and I think that vaporwave has like a cool niche fashion um, sort of. A place in fashion which like quite young people are into at the moment, like big Japanese writing, you yes, know, like, yes, yes, all that sort of stuff, and like always looking out for what kids are wearing, even when they're not wearing merch. You know, even if fans are just wearing, I'm always trying to look at what they're wearing and you know what they're um, what seems to be happening at the moment in fashion trends and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've done a couple of ones that are kind of like brat black craft ones, you know, where I like look at some of their stuff and like I think they've looked at some of our stuff. Though as well, it's just inspiration. Mm. It's mm. just inspiration. I bet they've looked at plenty <laughs> of merch. Of death. I, I, I do feel that you guys are like avant-garde in the the merch area of death metal. I think we have really good merch, dude. Just, just, just aside from the typical logo back yeah. print that's it I always want to have something that's different because there's always somebody some that, weird symbols there's always weird yeah. symbols that, that come into it you're never afraid that you're going to like make some symbol to mean something horrible uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm pretty worried about it I think every, everyone is when they, when they think about that sort of stuff they're like please don't make this racist <laughs> please don't be racist please oh no it's racist. Scrap the match. Scrap no, the match. We're not. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> what can we get away with, though? Discount. Discount. <laughs> discount it. You are. I toured with you, so I know that you listen to a lot of music as well. Yeah, correct. Yeah. A big plethora of different styles of music. What are some bands that you think people are sleeping on that needs more credit and should get a shout oh. out right now? I would say that I'm probably I'm I'm out of metal at the moment. I'm not I've not been listening to like downloading regular metal albums a lot recently or checking stuff out on Spotify. I'd say recently I was way more into like electronic music and stuff like that. Um I don't know if anyone would be even fucking interested in that sort of shit on this podcast. I am interested in it. Well, I, I like okay. a lot of it. Well I like um I like everything varied from sort of stuff that is poppy. Like I think Drab Majesty are great. I think <laughs> their new their new album is really really, really great. Yeah, really. Like I, the one of the sound techs on this tour has been spinning it. It's a great record. It's really good, and um, I love them. Um, Boy Harsher as another electronic band. Uh, funnily enough, I think Sean had like sort of YouTube rabbit hole found them and was like, I think you'll really like this. And yeah, it's great. Isn't that the best really moments good. there? Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, I, I like a lot of like ambient electronic music as well. So I'm really into a Canadian artist, funnily enough, called Tim Hecker. He's great. I think he's fantastic. Yeah, you were just about to do it. It's like I'm in your head, dude. <laughs> I mean, no, I remember we played in Oscar together. Oh, yeah, course, there was the yeah. Tim Hecker fire. You're like, yeah. dude, look, Tim Hecker's Tim coming. Tim Hecker's coming, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, Tim Hecker's really good. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, honestly, yeah. really great. Virgins is a great album. It's one of my favorite of all time. Um, uh, other than that, I mean, God, since I've been touring a lot, I just haven't got time to discover shit anymore. It sucks. It really sucks. You don't have Spotify. You don't. I have- do, but like. You need people just to send you stuff. Everyone yeah. listening, just send Sam. Just Yates. send me all the stuff. Whatever you're listening oh, to. Oh, another Canadian band that I've got into recently as well. Numero Neon. Numero Neon, dude. It's like, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but those guys are fucking rad. So good. And um, I'd love to fucking play with them, dude. I you think, should bring them out I, on a tour. I think that Andy. Andy, our driver on this tour, his band, Villa Naf, I think they're supporting, Numeria are supporting them on one of their upcoming tours, and they're great, dude. There's that fucking second, there's like an intro and there's two tracks, and the second track, it's like the third on the CD, but it's the second track, really great, great vocal hook, great fucking emotional stuff, you know, really great. It's amazing. Sam Yates. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming to be a part of Vox and Hops. Thank you so much. You're so- <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Sam, such a funny, funny guy. I just, uh, I, I love him dearly. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, hanging out again soon. They're coming back to North America to do their Decade of Human Suffering tour. And you guys should absolutely check that out if you're here in North America. I know that I'll be there when they come through Montreal. This coming Tuesday, I got the first Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talk coming out. It is a new segment that I've been doing. For the first time, I'm doing Skype interviews with metal brewers from around the world. And we talk about their lives. We talk about why they love metal. And we talk about how they brew craft beer. The first guest is thanks to Sam Yates. He's a friend of Sam's in Manchester, UK. And this past summer, Sam introduced us and me and Jason Stevenson, the head brewer of Juggernaut Brew Co., hit it off. And Jason very nicely shipped me over some craft beer that he brewed so that we can sit down face-to-face on Skype and share one of his beers together and have a little chat. So the first Vox and Hops Metal Brewer Talk comes out this coming Tuesday. I'm super excited for you guys to hear it. When in doubt, one more stout. That is always a question that comes in my mind at the end of the night sometimes, and I'm thinking, I feel like having one more beer. It's not too late, but I've already had my stout because I normally just end with a stout at the end of the night after a few IPAs and maybe some sours before that. And I say, when in doubt, one more stout. I just launched uh, the new Vox and Hops pre-order t-shirt, the Vox and Hops when in doubt, one more stout t-shirt. That is up right now. It's going to be up for another few weeks, and then it's going to be gone. This is another limited shirt. I will not be making another one like this. I came up with this back slogan with a Vox and Hops alumni, the great Alexander Kendrick, the sound man and tour manager of Cryptopsy, back when I was on tour with Aborted, Benighted, and Hideous Divinity on the Hell Over North America tour. Me and Kendrick were sitting in the bandwagon, sipping some delicious stouts, and we came up with this back quote. So uh, if you want to order yours... You can get that via the link in the description on the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope that you have a great week. And remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? 
fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. <laughs>